This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. Did you guys enjoy my trailer last week? I know I did. And this new intro, wonderful, right? So amazing. <laughs> so as you know, and as I've kind of been alluded to, alluding to, the podcast is changing a bit as far as the format. I am going to be coming at you with a lot more solo episodes and really starting to disseminate the information even further to be bringing you just really high quality conversations that are going to support you in truly alchemizing your life and stepping forward as the leader, as the person, as the soul that you were always born to become. And today's interview is absolutely going to awaken that inside of you, looking at really how we can approach our health from the perspective of herbs and all the different natural tools that are at our disposal and probably already in your kitchen. So I'm really excited to welcome Organic Olivia onto the podcast. I've been following her for a while. She has been massively inspiring me to take my health back and to really look at it from the perspective of how can I do this in a natural way? How can I do this in a way that is very kind to my body? How can I have a more intuitive relationship with my body? And this impacts every single area of your life from your sleep to your stress to the way in which you wake up in the morning and feel about yourself and feel, you know, energy in your body and Olivia obviously does a way better job of explaining it than I do, so I'm excited to jump into the conversation and I'll share that um in just a moment. If you didn't already know though, the Academy of Breath is back. Whoop whoop. I am so excited. I just needed to release it one more time this year. And the reason being is because I know that breathwork and meditation, and we talk about it a little bit actually in this episode, but breathwork and meditation are truly such transformational tools to support you not only in your stress management, but also in really beginning to show up as the human being that you want to show up as. And the, the, the way that I mean that is like, when we are breathing, when we are meditating, when we are taking that time for ourselves, we are cultivating the feelings that we want to cultivate. And by snapping ourselves into that vibration, the universe meets us and supports us in creating the physical reality that we desire to create. It's the law of attraction, you guys. Like attracts like. So when we snap ourselves into the vibration, when we hold the frequency, the highest frequency of that which we desire, the universe has to meet us with that same frequency. 
So that means the right action steps. That means the inspired ideas. That means the right opportunities, the right people. And it can all start just through your meditation and breathwork practice. And for me, as a business owner, when I started really, 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 really integrating these tools into my day on a daily basis, every single morning sitting down, even if it was just for five minutes or maybe it was 30 minutes, every aspect of my life changed. Every single aspect of my life changed. The way in which I showed up in my relationships changed. The way in which I spoke to myself changed. I had massive faith, have massive faith in myself, in what I'm capable of, in what I'm creating. And I established that faith and that belief through my meditation and breathwork practice alone. Seriously, it is that and so much more. And that's why I knew that I needed to bring the Academy of Breath back one more time this year. People are hurting. I've been hurting. I'm sure you've been hurting. So many people have been hurting lately and these tools can allow you to navigate the hurt, navigate the pain, not just repress it and shove it down, but really bring it to the surface so that it can come up and come out. And when it comes up and when it comes out, we clear space to be able to welcome in what we do desire, how we do want to feel, the person that we do want to become, the opportunities that we do want to have. And no, this is not me just like sharing high in the sky ideas and like, oh, this must be like a nice to have or, you know, I could never do that. No, this is non-negotiable, you guys. This is not a nice to have. These tools are a must have. And I want to support as many people as possible with bringing these tools into their lives because I know how much it's changed my life. And I know how much it's changed the lives of the people that went through the first round of the Academy of Breath. If you have not noticed, they have been talking about it a lot because it is a powerful, powerful program, like truly powerful. And I'm really excited because this round is going to have two additional weeks of business calls. So one of my like biggest pet peeves that I had in my yoga teacher training, my meditation teacher training, basically all of the trainings that I've done, my teacher trainings that I've done is that there were no resources for how to actually build a business with all of the tools that we had. So they were really robust trainings. Like I feel like so, I felt like such a powerful leader by the end of it, but, and I'm lucky because my background is in, you know, digital marketing and branding and business development. And I had been doing it for years before I started teaching. And so I really, you know, had an upper hand in that way, but I saw so many people that were unable to take everything that they learned and create a successful business. And so they went through the program and then just went straight back to um, doing whatever it was that they were doing before. And so that's why I added in these two additional calls for this round of the Academy of Breath. Um, they are going to be two recorded modules added on as week seven and week eight to support you in really creating a framework for an offer that you are wildly obsessed with that you feel so passionate and purposeful in and starting to align with your clients, build your influence online and really mix the soul and strategy. So kind of almost like a taster or teaser into my catalyst program um, to build a mindfulness wellness business that you absolutely love. So all of the details to, lo to log in to register for the Academy of Breath are in the show notes as usual. There's payment plans available, there's pay in full, and I am just really excited to welcome in this group of individuals. It's going to be super powerful. Like I said, I can say powerful five more times, powerful, 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 uh, because that's what it is. And I am not being overly confident or conceited in sharing that this is a, this is a truly transformational program. And I am allowed to say that because I believe in this work so much 
much and because I know that it's truly a co-creation between myself, divine, and every single person that says yes to investing in themselves and that the work is also so much bigger than me. I am simply just a vessel. So anyways, link is in the show notes. I'm also really excited because I am going to be sharing a little bit about one of my new favorite podcasts a little bit later. If you guys have not heard of the Pull It Together pod, I went on Alex. Alex's podcast, the Pull It Together podcast, earlier this year, we talked a lot about meditation and breathwork, and I actually created a free meditation resource for her entire audience, which I'm going to link in the show notes for you guys as well too, so you can take advantage of that. It's about a 10 or 12 minute um, guided meditation and journaling at the end of the audio, so you can um, listen to that, and then I'll share a little bit about why I love Alex and the Pull It Together podcast so much a little bit later in the episode. So with that being said, let's jump in. Everything that you need as far as our our sponsors and Organic Olivia are going to be in the show notes as well too. I hope that you guys enjoy. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe because there are going to be so many good episodes coming out soon. And I'm so excited to share them with all of you. Let's jump into today's episode. So I'm so excited for us to jump in this conversation. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know, it's it's an honor. Like I said, it's I'm so happy to talk about this and to support people during a time where we're all very stressed out. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, it's so funny because even, I mean, maybe it's not that funny. It's annoying because this morning I jumped on my phone first thing in the morning. And even though I have like, you know, notes from the universe and positive messages sent to my inbox, I still managed to get myself stressed out enough before I sat in meditation that I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do some breath work here and like really tap back into that like slow state. And so I'm just really excited to talk to you about this whole other side of like stress regulation that I just really don't dive into. I don't know that much about, and I feel like you are like the best person to talk to. Um, but before we jump into like all of the like nerdiness and stuff of, of stress regulation and herbs and how we can really empower ourselves with what we already have, um, you know, in our household, I really do believe that so much of our intention and so much of our purpose comes from our own personal journey. And I'd love to just hear from you what sparked this passion and this really like path that you've gone down to look at herbs and holistic health and all of the things that you teach and share through your podcast and your platform and your products um, with the world? Yeah. I mean, I would say that I almost think of my life as happening in two parts, like act one, act two. And act one was about a lot of hardship. I was really sent here to go through a lot of um, difficulties in different areas, not only physically with my health from a really young age, but emotionally and mentally with my mental health and just my relationship with my parents and my family dynamic. And, you know, I think I came here to be a teacher, but I had to really go to the school of hard knocks first. (laughs) And uh, now I'm in a phase of my life where I'm able to kind of pass that on and speak from that experience and draw from that for my writing and um, kind of figuring out these metaphors and philosophies that I can take from my experience to share with others. Um, But, you know, long story short, I just always had a lot of health issues from a really young age. I remember being a kid and saying to my parents, like, I just know that there's something wrong with me. I feel like one day we're going to go to the doctor and it's just going to be that I have cancer or I have something horribly wrong with my body because I just never felt right. And, you know, thank God it never got to that point. 
Um, but I did have a laundry list of diagnoses that I was dealing with, um, from, you know, my, when I first entered double digits from age 10, as far back as I can remember. Um, I had really chronic recurring infections, um, whether it was ear infections or even like yeast infections as a kid, my whole microbiome throughout my entire body was constantly dysregulated and I was constantly on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. I remember drinking that pink liquid, the amoxicillin liquid Mm -hmm. so many times as a child to where I was like, yeah, sure. it, It tastes good to me now. And I'll never forget the first time I had to graduate to like adult antibiotics and swallow a pill. And I was so terrified. And my mom put it in a Wendy's cheeseburger to hide it. And that was, that was my life. That was my diet. That was what I ate. I had fast food every single night. Um, and after years and years of antibiotics and this dysregulated microbiome and not getting to the root cause, which was that diet and what I was eating my whole life, um, I ended up developing really severe IBS. I got really severe cystic acne. Um, and it was to the point where I was constantly at the doctor's office, at the gastroenterologist, getting ultrasounds done, stool tests, being put on antispasmodic drugs, being put on um, antidepressants, being put on constant antibiotics again for my acne. And I was on so many pharmaceuticals and I just at one point was like, there's got to be something more to this. You know, there has to be a nutrition piece. I started to learn about that. That started to become a, a really hot topic when blogs first became a thing. And I started experimenting with changing my diet. And at first I was solely focused on mental health. Cause I was like, you know what, with these physical things, I really trusted my doctor. I was like, these drugs are going to work. You know, I'm on these antispasmodics. My stomach's going to get better. Um, And I still had full trust there, but I was like, maybe I can do something about my depression and anxiety and all of these other pieces. I didn't see them as a whole yet. So I was still trying to separate everything. Um, And I made some, some leeway with food and I decided I wanted to become a nutritionist to help other young women who were struggling with mental health issues. Um, And I applied to college and my college did not have a nutrition program. The one I got into and got a scholarship for but they did have a pre-med program. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll just become <laughs> a doctor instead. <laughs> I will just, you know, go that route. And then maybe I can even solve my stomach issues and my acne and all of these other things that I was diagnosed with um, through becoming a doctor. And then I'll, I'll have the full picture. And uh, when I entered pre-med in college, my health issues just exploded like they never did before, I guess, from all the stress and all the the credits that you're under to really stay in that program because they want to weed out the people who aren't serious. Um, And I just, I had never been so sick in my life. I was at my doctor every morning before my 8 a.m. chem class. My lymph nodes were swollen. I fainted in the shower. My liver enzymes were through the roof. And my doctor kept saying, you know, you have these markers of EBV and your, your liver enzymes are high and there might be an autoimmune thing going on, but we really don't know. And we're going to need to wait until you have a full-blown autoimmune disease to tell you what's really wrong with you. Wow. So I was just devastated. And uh, I remember being in my chem lab lecture and, or not my lecture, my chemistry lecture, um, and looking down at my phone and my doctor had sent me an email like, you know, discontinue the antibiotic you're on, your liver enzymes are too high, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was so angry and I felt like I was just continuing to be pumped with more and more drugs and there was no way out. And I ran out of that class and got in my car and I just Googled like acupuncturist or Chinese herbalist or something. Cause that's the only exposure I had to like natural medicine was hearing about acupuncturists. So I drove to this place in uh, Mount Vernon, New York, this little acupuncture herb shop. And I walked in and the guy was like, stick out your tongue. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? So I stuck out my tongue and he's like, oh my God, he's like, your, your liver, there's so much heat in your liver, in your stomach. You have parasites. I see signs of yeast. Like there's just so much heat. You must be so uncomfortable. I was like, how did you know something was wrong with my liver? Because in a Western paradigm, I knew my enzymes were high, but I didn't understand the TCM language. So liver heat to me, I was like, wow, you knew something was wrong with my liver from my tongue. You must be onto something. Um, And he gave me a, a bunch of different things. And within a week, my lymph nodes were down. They weren't hot and angry and swollen and red. My cystic acne, like the spots were flattening. They weren't as inflamed and painful. My stomach was feeling better. My labs that were drawn at my doctors looked better. And I couldn't believe that this guy who just looked at my tongue could help me that much in five minutes, more than my doctor could help me over the last several years. Um, So that just led me down this whole rabbit hole. And I started um, doing some herbs for gut dysbiosis and parasites and, um, you know, yeast and different things that this guy had told me were overgrowing in my gut. And I passed parasites. I passed worms. My acne started clearing up even more and I felt better than I had in years. And I realized there's this whole, um, piece missing from medicine because, the allopathic model really doesn't believe in anything that they can't see on paper in your labs or in your stool tests. Um, And that's all fine and well. I mean, we absolutely need the science piece. We need evidence-based medicine and therapeutics, but I think we've really forgotten to listen to the patient and listen to the person um, and look at how they're presenting and treat them as a human. And that's why so many people feel discounted and ignored by the current medical paradigm. So um, that just opened up my eyes. I was very anti-Western medicine for a while after that, all about my herbs. Now I see a really amazing doctor who kind of brought me back to the side of integrative where I'm like, okay, Western and Eastern can work together. Um, And in the process of all of this, once you start healing the physical, it really breaks open the spiritual and emotional. And I had to face so much that was contributing to my physical issues from the emotional side and trauma and relationships with my parents and childhood things. And now I am, you know, I don't use any antidepressants or, um, you know, I don't rely on any medications anymore. Not that there's any shame around those who do, but it was just incredible for me to be able to manage my mental health without that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always going to be a struggle and I'm always going to have to be consistent with therapy and my herbs and the practices that bring me back to myself. But I was able to get off all of those pharmaceuticals that I was on. um, And I now really focus on nutrition and herbal medicine to manage everything. And if I were to need pharmaceuticals in the future, it's not something that I'm against, but it's something that I now have the tools and the education where I can exhaust other options first and really marry the two worlds. Yeah. I love that so much because it really is like taking your power back. And, you know, 
I think that the problem and what frustrated me for so long is that it's just like prescribing something. And then once there's side effects from that thing, we'll put another bandaid on top of it with another thing. And then here's the antidepressants and then here's the other medication. And then you just have this like whole cabinet filled with things that are numbing you and just putting band-aids over the actual problem itself. And for myself at 19 years old, you know, I had cystic acne. Um, I had a ton of trauma growing up. You know, I was homeless for a year and a half with my, with my mom and living in a really affluent area and just experiencing also at 17 years old hormones. And, um, I went to a, a psychiatrist and they said that I was bipolar and tried to prescribe me antidepressants and, um, mood regulators. And I was very like wrongly misdiagnosed and, um, it just kind of highlights the, I think the, the blind trust that there is in Western medicine and also the lack of faith that we have in really trusting ourselves. And for me, like hearing your story, it sounds a lot like there was this intuition that you had from the very beginning that something wasn't right. And, um, what I've found is that the intuition easily gets, you know, overpowered by different things that regulate our mood, that regulate our bodies, that regulate our immune system, that just kind of put that like towel over the feeling itself. And for so many people disconnect them altogether for a very, very long time. And so it's beautiful to hear that you kind of had that aha moment. And I had a very similar aha moment as well, where it was like, wait, but there's got to be a better way there has got to be a better way. And so I love that I love that you had that. And I'm sure that it wasn't easy kind of unraveling and stepping into all of that. But it's so cool to hear that even like after a week, you started seeing a difference. Um, because what I found is that I can be very um, impatient when it comes to holistic healing. So I'd love to like, kind of like start there as far as like, the holistic healing goes, because I think a lot of people can be impatient because we're so primed to that quick and easy fix. Um, how was that experience for you? You know, it's interesting. That was, you know, the, that first day that I took those initial herbs, like my first experience with any kind of herbal medicine must have been like eight years ago, seven years ago now. Um, and I would say it's just this year that I feel like I've really found my group and I really found my regimen, not only of what works for me in terms of products or individual herbs, but how to actually work with them intuitively and understand that I don't need every single supplement every single day. And I can actually use them based on what my body needs that day, what my body's craving, where I need more support, if I'm more stressed or if my digestion is affected one day or you know whatever it is. It's kind of taken a long time to relearn how to live in this body in this new paradigm. Um, and how to really give my body the time and space to heal. Because again, I had taken so many antibiotics over my life that I feel like my gut really took again until now to fully repair. I feel like my microbiome at this day is the best that it's ever been, but it wasn't like it was just a, a linear progress from that first day when I <laughs> decided to look into herbal medicine. It was a lot of ups and downs. It was victories and then falling off the wagon or trying the wrong thing or, you know, a lot of trial and error. 
Um, and throughout this whole process, I've had setbacks. I had a mold exposure. I was living in an apartment that had um, mold and that totally set me back. I gained 20 pounds. My thyroid was totally off. I felt really depressed again and I had to kind of start over and the longer I've been doing this, the more I've realized that it really just comes back to the tiny little things that you do every single day consistently. Mm-hmm. It's never about the fancy supplements. And this is coming as someone who has a supplement line and uses them, but uh, it's never about that. That's never um, the magic bullet or the key. Those are kind of like seasonings to the main dish. But really what determines your healing is just the tiny moments that you take each day, the 30 minutes you take to exercise, the 10 minutes that you take to meditate, the five minutes that you take to brew a tea with your leftover orange peels and some ginger and whatever you have in your fridge and just sit there and have a warm tea. Um, you know, just those, those tiny habits are what make the most impact. And you do have to give them time because think of all the tiny habits that you did beforehand that were slowly destructive or counterproductive to what you're trying to do now. Um, so it's kind of like taking it back to basics and figuring out what you can take away from your life more than what you can add in and more than buying and just consuming in the wellness world. You know, it's, it's finding your own group of what works for you and how you can simplify your life and your routine. What I realized, because I was definitely someone that like joined in on that bandwagon of like going knee deep in the supplements and just had this like entire pantry basically filled with supplements. Um, And I was taking like 10 in the morning, 10 in the evening. And at a certain point, my cystic acne is worse than it's ever been. I'm like not pooping at all. TMI guys, but like gotta, gotta be real, gotta be transparent. And I'm like, I don't think that this is actually working. Like what is going on? And I got so frustrated, but it wasn't until I was like, but what if I just start to like eliminate most of these things and come back to really again, going back to those basics of just like really starting slow in the morning and focusing on what I can do that maybe doesn't necessarily mean that I have to consume anything else, but is just really about allowing myself to have more stillness and have more time and more presence. Um, And so I know that so many people that listen to this podcast and just in the wellness space in general do get very caught up in that consumption of different supplements, you know, especially because there's beautiful branding, like your branding is so gorgeous. Um, I'm like, oh, what can I buy? Um, But there's so many beautiful supplement lines. What would you suggest for someone who's like just starting out, maybe is realizing that they um, have some sort of issue with their digestion or their health or um, want to enhance their their overall health, where would you say is the best to start out um, integrating herbs and not like bulk buying, but maybe doing one at a time or something like that? So there's a few directions I want to go with this. One is that I've had to become very creative lately with my dad here recovering from COVID because he's not one that's going to take a thousand supplements. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I am... I do take a bunch of supplements a day, but <laughs> I get them in creative ways. So for my dad, for example, um, you know, he has a lot of metabolic disorders. So he has cardiovascular disease, um, high blood pressure, diabetes, all that good stuff. Um, and for those kinds of disorders and for anybody who's looking to age in a healthy way, you really want to um, get a higher concentration of flavonoids in your diet. So, you know, phytochemicals that are in berries or, Um, orange peels or olive oil or pomegranates or chocolate, anything that has a pigment to it, 
um, anything that has, you know, basically all natural foods will have flavonoids, but especially these dark pigmented berries, right? Um, so I started using for his salad dressings, I use a vinegar where I've steeped herbs in the vinegar. So I've steeped mineral rich, calcium rich herbs into the vinegar. And then in six weeks I decant it and I use that as my salad vinegar so that he's basically getting a tinctured dose of herbs in his salads and then to make the dressing like a sweet vinaigrette um, I use something called a solid extract that I am hoping to release in my line but you can find from other brands as well totally Um, and I use like a pomegranate uh, blueberry solid extract which is basically just berries cooked down preserved with glycerin to use as like the the sweetness of the vinaigrette. So it's like a pomegranate herbal vinaigrette. So he's getting a huge dose of flavonoids from the colors and the berry and the pomegranate. And then I'm mixing it with the herbs and the vinegar and I'm adding it to his salad, which is another burst of flavonoids and herbs and plants. So really getting creative with using your food as medicine is one. Um, Getting creative with teas. I think a really fun part of a morning routine can be waking up, going into your pantry or your cabinet or your closet. I have like a whole herb closet because I'm very extra. Um, Beautiful. (laughs) It's insane. I mean, I'm just like a little herb collector, but it's it's just fun to see the wide variety of herbs. And I kind of go in and it's an intuitive exercise. Like I'll literally sit there hand on heart and I'm like, okay, what do I need today? And I'll just gravitate towards, okay, I'm, I'm really attracted to the borage today or the burdock root or the rose petals or whatever it is that I have, the ginger, whatever I have dried in my cabinet. Um, and I just every morning put on a big pot of hot water, you know, while my matcha or my coffee's brewing, while breakfast is cooking, I just have a big pot of water going and I throw in whatever herbs I'm using that day. Um, and if you're somebody who doesn't have a closet or a pantry of herbs, or that's not in your budget, you can either forage them locally and dry them in the sun, or you can use kitchen medicine. So you can go into your spice cabinet. If your stomach's hurting that day, you grab some fennel seeds and you throw them in the hot water. Mm -hmm. You cut up some ginger that's left over in your fridge and you throw it in the hot water. Um, If you're eating an orange that day or you're juicing a lemon for some hot lemon water, you peel it and throw the peels into that water. And you just sip from that pot of tea that's slowly brewing on a low heat all day and you just consume that tea that's like your daily tea of the day and you just consume it as the day goes by and not only is the tea itself and the plant chemicals within the tea medicinal but just the act of drinking hot water is very medicinal Um, in ayurveda hot water helps to move the lymphatic system it helps to dissolve um, fats and emulsify fats in the digestive process and it just helps to keep things moving. Um, Ayurveda and Chinese medicine are both very against cold, icy drinks. They never want you to have ice water. So that is something that is a non-negotiable for me. Um, and sipping hot water throughout the day really helps me, especially as someone who's very prone to cold hands and feet and circulation issues. So that itself is medicine. And you didn't have to take a single pill or supplement to do that. Um, and then if you do want to go a step further and you do want to kind of dabble into the supplement world and add something to your routine or take something along your multivitamin and get started, I always go for adaptogens. I don't think there's a single person on this planet who couldn't benefit from adaptogens. Um, and it's just about finding the one that's right for you, basically. 
So you think about adaptogens, they're these herbs that increase your resilience to stress. That's really it. They have no specific action. They just help you to feel like you can brush things off a bit easier. Um, and they also increase your endurance. They kind of reset your HPA axis, which is your stress response axis. And they help to reset it from the top down, starting at the hypothalamus. Um, and this also helps to reset your circadian rhythm. So it's just kind of like a tool to help you be a little bit more human and a little bit more in touch with nature. Um, and there's different kinds of adaptogens and they all have their own personality. So it's always about as an herbalist, being a matchmaker to the personality of the herb, to the personality of the person I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So you can start with ashwagandha if you're someone who's very flighty and anxious and always up in the clouds and ungrounded and you have a million ideas, but you can't quite put them into action. You can start with shizandra if you're somebody who um, has a lot of loose stools loose thought patterns where you can't fully form your thoughts. Um, if you're someone who tends towards hypothyroidism and you're always cold, it's a very astringing herb that helps to astringe and preserve your heat and your energy. Um, and you can even do something like a luthero root if you're someone who is very sensitive to herbs and you need something that's extremely gentle and neutral and won't push you any one way, but will just support you in being who you are and having confidence in that. Okay, you guys, I promised that I was going to take a quick break from the podcast to share with you my favorite new podcast. And seriously, I am very specific about the podcast that I listen to. I really actually don't listen to many, but the Pull It Together podcast is one of my favorites, mostly because of the host, Miss Alex Mateo, a little bit because I've been on it before, but also because she has really badass guests and you know, the thing is, is that so many interview podcasts are formatted in the same way. Alex does it differently. Not only is she just so uniquely herself in the podcast and the way in which she talks to the guests, like it, you feel instantly comfortable when you're there as a guest. And then as a listener, you feel like you're in the room. Um, but she just has such a unique perspective coming from Broadway and just the performance industry and the honest conversations that she has with a really diverse community inspire me so much. Like I truly feel like this entire time that I'm listening to it, I'm just like, damn, I feel like I'm like breaking out of my mold the entire time. And Alex is absolutely incredible. She's actually a Broadway actress and woo-woo enthusiast. So we had a great conversation and she has a ton of great guests on, including Annie Tevlin, who's been on the podcast, Erin Claire Jones. She's been on this podcast as well too, the Almost 30 Girls. And one of my favorite parts of the podcast is every other month she breaks the interview format and sits down with someone from her tribe. So I love that because it really just like takes the edge off of always having these like huge thought leaders on the podcast and it just gets to be super casual. Um, but like I said at the beginning of the intro and in the beginning of this podcast, Alex and I teamed up to create a meditation for her audience and for everyone listening to the Pull It Together pod. And I wanted to share it with all of you. And then I also want you guys to go check out Alex's podcast. Seriously, she is going to be on the up and up. And so getting in and listening to these episodes is going to just brighten your day, brighten your week and give you so much to, um, so much to really look forward to. And it's really meant for creatives and not just like the performers, artists, and musicians, but the fact that we are all creative and we can all tap into that energy. So anyways, it's the Pull It Together pod. You can listen to it on all major podcast platforms. I'm also going to 
link it in the show notes, her website. I'm going to link her Instagram. I'll also link the download for the meditation. And I hope that you guys go and give her a listen, support her and follow her because I love Alex so damn much. And right before we jump back in, I want to shout out BetterHelp for officially reaching over a million people taking charge of their mental health through their online platform that matches you with professional counselors. You guys know I love BetterHelp. And for those of you that are really looking for support and an unbiased approach to navigating any difficult emotions, maybe past trauma, BetterHelp is the way to go. I love that they offer affordable counseling that is definitely way more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And they also have financial aid. So it really becomes accessible to so many people. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not actually be available locally in many areas. And because so many things are closed down, this is the perfect time for you to find a therapist or a counselor online that you can either text with, call on the phone, or do a video chat. So many people have been using BetterHelp and they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states because again, there was over a million people, which is so amazing. I'm so excited and I've loved BetterHelp since the beginning. So if you haven't tried them yet, you get a special offer for listening to The Alchemized Life, 10% off. <laughs> and I really hope that you guys use BetterHelp because they have an online platform, they have an app, it's all very, very secure. And this is truly what has helped me so much over this entire year to just stay, to stay sane, truly. <laughs> so to take advantage of the 10% off, all you have to do is go to betterhelp.com forward slash alchemized. That's betterhelp.com forward slash alchemized to get 10% off your first month. I love that so much. And I've never really heard anyone describe um, adaptogens in that way. And it's always kind of been something where I'm like, I know I need to do it, but I don't really know exactly how. Is there like too many adaptogens to put in one tea or to take all together? Is there like an overload of combining too many? I think there's an art to formulation and an art to blending. So I have an adaptogen formula called Adrenal Recovery Formula. And I use several adaptogens in that blend. You know, I think there's like seven herbs in there, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, But you blend them in a certain way where you kind of, I base that formula on the most neutral herbs, which are ashwagandha and eleuthero root. Those are generally two that they're not heating or cooling. They're neutral. They're pretty good for everyone. They help to ground you. But again, they don't push you any one way. And then I add in... um, little bits and pieces of other adaptogens that are a bit stronger in a way that balance each other. So I add in some um, Asian ginseng, Panax ginseng, which is very hot and stimulating and energizes you. But I also balance that with an equal amount of American ginseng, which is cooling and a yin tonic and moistening and actually calms you down. So if you're taking several adaptogens, I would do it in a professionally formulated product or powder or capsule. Um, but if you're just starting out and you don't want to take a bunch at a time, you're someone who has sensitivities, just do one adaptogen, just get ashwagandha powder or an ashwagandha product in capsules and just take that, but take enough of it to feel something. Mm. Um, so with ashwagandha in particular, We have one teacher at school who is an expert in Ayurveda, and he's been taking, I think he said, 10 grams of ashwagandha a day for the last 40 years. So that's 10,000 milligrams. I'm not advising that you take that much, but just kind of to give you perspective that in Ayurveda, adaptogens are food, they're roots, they root you, they ground you, and they're eaten in the amounts that foods are eaten. 
So you can't really take too much of them because they are non-toxic by nature to be considered an adaptogen. Um, but you know, you want to get enough in to really, to feel an impact. So I personally take, I think like two grams of ashwagandha a day myself. I space out the capsules throughout the day, but I take a lot of it and I notice a huge difference in my anxiety. Mm, that's so cool. So how do you, okay, for me, I forget to take it. That's like the biggest issue is I forget to take it. So for someone who's like just starting out, who really wants to, um, you know, bring an adaptogen in, what is the best, like a very just like practical way that they can remember to take it throughout the day and not just like completely bypass it? Put it in your food. I, that's always my answer. Put it in your food. I have a recipe on my blog for ashwagandha muffins. You could mm-hmm. totally make an ashwagandha latte at night before bed. That's the traditional method of consumption in Ayurvedic medicine. They'll cook ashwagandha into milk. Um, and that also gives it a fat to enhance absorption. So you can use coconut milk if you're dairy free, um, but make it a ritual that is also delicious and fun and easy to remember to consume because it's, it's a snack. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. So you mentioned that adaptogens are um, really for regulating stress. And the other day on Instagram, you shared about a stress bucket. And I thought that it was super interesting, especially because you had shared that, um, you know, out of nowhere, you just had this really intense headache. And um, really when you were sharing about the stress bucket, it's like our capacity for stress. So what are ways that someone could potentially fill that bucket with too much stress, maybe without knowing it? And what happens to our mental and physical health if it's full? So I like to think of there's two stress buckets in the body, right? And this might be a long-winded explanation, but one of them would be your emotional and uh, psychological stress bucket. And this is what gets filled up by the many demands and stressors that are placed on us in daily life. Um, The more demands and stressors, the higher the water level in the bucket. So that can be anything from lack of sleep to skipping breakfast, which is a big one. I am such a proponent of eating breakfast, Um, to missing the train, to your boss yelling at you or having a work conflict, to over-exercising, to getting into a fight with your partner, to having alcohol or cigarettes the night before, staying up late. There's all these different um, emotional stressors, right? Or physiological, psychological stressors. Even moving house or having a baby or getting married, these are really wonderful types of stress that we choose, but they are stressors nonetheless because a lot comes with them. Um, So you kind of have to be mindful of how much stress you're exposed to on a daily basis, whether good or bad. And you have to know your body and know when you're feeling overwhelmed and taxed and know how to empty that stress bucket a little bit. So that's anything from utilizing adaptogens, especially adaptogens that help with anxiety like ashwagandha, to stretching, to actually physically give that emotion and tension an outlet and get it out of your body where it can get stuck, to massage, to meditation, to seeing a therapist, to talking out a conflict with your partner and giving yourself an outlet there, to getting more sleep, taking a nap, um, optimizing your nutrition, not adding stress through your nutrition by you know limiting sugar and candy and all that, to even socializing. So all of those different things, which most, again, are free, right? Stretching, meditation, socializing with friends, um, all of those things will empty the stress bucket a little bit so that it never quite gets and over the top. 
Mm-hmm. And then you also have your physical stress bucket, which is kind of what I was referring to the other day when I had that reaction to the Yankee candle. So your physical stress bucket deals with your physical burden that goes to your detoxification organs like your liver. Um, and you can also refer to it as the histamine bucket because your liver can only detoxify so much histamine at one time. And it's also responsible, as we know, for detoxifying excess serum hormones like estrogen, environmental toxins, plastics, heavy metals. You know, the liver processes and excretes a lot on a daily basis. It works all day long. That's its job. Um, And many factors will affect the body's histamine levels. And those are usually allergens. So food allergens, whether it's dairy, wheat, shellfish, corn, eggs, nuts, those are really common ones. Um, Even leftovers can be really high in histamine because uh, microbial growth will happen overnight or over two nights and bacteria are histamine producing. So especially with protein, you usually want to eat protein when it's fresh rather than leaving it in the fridge overnight and reheating it. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's contact allergens like uh, you know nickel and other metals in jewelry, um, nail polish, uh, cosmetics, fragrance, which is what triggered me and more. So those are more contact or we're exposed to them not through our diet. And then there's also environmental allergens. So even air pollution has been shown to increase histamine and inflammation and cardiovascular disease, um, car exhaust, pesticides, tap water contaminants. And then we also have drugs like NSAIDs and just overusing over-the-counter or prescription drugs. So all of those things increase histamine, which is a burden on your liver, fills up your liver slash histamine bucket Um, And then just like with the stress bucket, there are beneficial things that can also increase our histamine inadvertently. So UVB light, um, you know, getting some sun exposure, it's great for your health, it's great for your hormones for vitamin D, but heat and sun can exacerbate histamine levels in many people. Exercise increases histamine. So that's where the over-exercising comes into play and knowing your limits our own hormones like estrogen, again, increase our histamine levels and the load on the liver. So you do want to be mindful that you're also emptying your histamine bucket by um, doing simple things like avoiding your allergens in terms of your cosmetic products and your diet, Mm -hmm. Um, utilizing those flavonoids, getting flavonoids through your diet, whether it's the quercetin in apples and onions or the anthocyanins in berries. Um, supporting your liver detox pathways would be my number one tip because your phase two of liver detoxification is what's responsible for getting rid of the histamine and all of those toxins. So you really want to optimize phase two of liver detox using herbs such as turmeric, milk thistle, and then also nutrients like magnesium, B vitamins, and again, those flavonoids. So it's a long-winded answer. Again, it's a lot of things to think about, but in reality, they're pretty simple. The solution to the emotional stress bucket, again, is the adaptogenic herbs, the stretching, movement, socializing, meditation, and then the solution to the histamine bucket is to actually avoid and take away some of those stressors like um, diet triggers and to bring in healthier foods that are flavonoid rich and bring in some herbs and nutrients that support your liver. 
Mm, yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny because for me, you know, I teach on stress. I help support my clients regulate their stress, but it's always looking at like what you can actively do or not do. So breath work and meditation. Um, but I honestly, like I am such a newbie when it comes to what I'm actually putting in my body and like histamine responses. I have been going on a little bit of a carrot cake binger since quarantine started. Um, and I'm noticing the effects now where like, I'm much more bloated. My digestion is off. Um, I'm very grateful that none of my cystic acne has come, come back, but I can feel my body feeling unwell because of what I'm putting into it. And so for somebody that potentially like runs on this baseline of stress and maybe is like more of a newbie like me, how, how can we start to like be in tune with what could potentially be causing it? Especially because we have so much time at home. Um, what are, what are some practices that you do on a daily basis to like check in with yourself and become more intuitive around your body? Huh? That's a good question. I think so much of it is just paying attention to resistance. Um, so in terms of resistance to me, when I'm doing too much computer work, especially during quarantine, especially now that my school is online, I get very, um, hot and agitated. And I just get this feeling like I want to push it away. I want to repel the computer. I don't want any more of this. And I have this feeling of resistance. Same when I'm trying to push through work and even write like an Instagram caption or do Instagram stories. When I have to refilm my Instagram stories five times to say something the right way, I just know that there's resistance there and that's not what's best for my body and my stress levels right now. And that action can wait. Um, so I just really pay attention to what I don't want to do, but not in a way of giving myself an out of responsibility, um, and not in a way that I'm losing my sense of discipline, but I'm really listening to, um, what feels right in my body right now. Where is there absolutely no resistance where something is just flowing? Sometimes if I just switch my activity from trying to make informative Instagram stories to working on formulation for my next project or, um, you know, working on a script for a future podcast episode, that comes a lot easier and then I know that that's what I'm meant to be doing that day. Uh, so it's kind of just listening to where you're called and, and what is bringing you a sense of frustration. And if there's something else that you can do that day while still being productive, switching to whatever feels like it's in the flow. Um, and another thing that I do is I constantly take walks. I, I take like five, 10 to 20 minute walks a day. Like I have to break up my day with walks. And usually when I'm on that walk, I get that moment of clarity of like, oh, I'm actually annoyed about this or, oh, this is actually what's bothering me or I'm more stressed about this than I realized. So it's just giving my body the time and space to actually have that check-in because a lot of times we don't really give ourselves the, the moment to ask, how am I doing? What's actually bothering me? Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed that like sometimes I'll just jump from task to task and then just like come to, and I'll be like eating a bag of chips, standing up, just like dip, dipping it in my bitchin' sauce. Um, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I'm like not even sitting down to fully enjoy this meal. And I don't even think that it's actually, well, I know that chips and dip are not actually nourishing me, but. <laughs> but sometimes they nourish the soul. I think it's like a, an 80, 20 or 90, 10, however strict you want to be, where you actually have to eat for your soul and for pleasure too. Pleasure is medicine. 
Mm, Okay. Can we talk about that more? Because I feel like sometimes, and this has definitely happened to me, where the pressure of restricting myself has caused way more stress and like much more of an inflammatory response than um, I had before restricting myself. And so I love um, just that sentiment on like eating for the soul and like the pleasure of eating as well too. So can, can you share a little bit more on that and what you might commonly see with your clients? So I just think when you tell yourself, no, I can't have that one chocolate chip cookie, you end up eating 50 other things because you can't have that one chocolate chip cookie. And I've just learned over time that that just doesn't work. I would rather have the one cookie, the thing that I actually wanted, than try to fill up that craving and that space with you know other things that are healthier, but that I'm eating way more of. It just doesn't make sense in terms of the payoff. I'd rather have the moment of pleasure, but do it in a way where I'm consciously consenting to it and giving myself permission to enjoy it. Um, rather than, you know, feigning enjoyment of all of these other things that I'm using to fill that hole. That being said, um, you know, I think that again, there's discipline involved and there's education involved of having that cookie every single day might not be the best thing for myself. And that's where you have to kind of flip your script around food to not what am I not allowed to eat? But what can I put on my plate right now that is going to give me such vibrant health and all of these benefits? So I thought about that last night. Um, You know, I was so excited to sit down and have like a bunch of carrots, some pomegranate, some olives. Like I had all these different foods that again are rich in these flavonoids that modulate your gut bacteria and lower inflammation and improve metabolic syndrome. And I was so excited that I could bring in such an abundance of these foods to where I wasn't even thinking about what I wasn't eating. I think you have to get so focused on the benefit and the beauty of what you are replacing certain things with that you're not focused on the restriction of I'm not allowed to have that. And it's not even that I'm I'm telling myself I can't have that. I'm choosing not to have XYZ because this other food is going to bring me so much more vibrant health. Mm, Yeah, I think that that's so important. And one of the things that I feel like I could definitely work on um, is having like a ritual around my meal and a ritual around eating. And so I'd love if you, if you have one, um, would you be willing to share like how you kind of like, you know, ease your way into enjoying a meal? Well, I actually really like to say a prayer before meals and I'm, I don't consider myself a religious person, although maybe I'm becoming one. I'm not too sure. Um, but I'm a very spiritual person. Uh, but I, I just love to, to say a prayer of gratitude before meals. Um, and I think that that's one of the ways that we can bring ourselves into parasympathetic mode before eating. And that is pretty much the only way to optimize your digestion, mm-hmm. not, you know, taking a, a pill or a digestive enzyme, which can help. But really what's so much more powerful than that is simply getting your body out of fight or flight mode because fight or flight, which is sympathetic mode, uh, the name you know says that you're basically using all your resources to do something else, to fight for your life or to run for your life. And then parasympathetic mode, which is rest and digest, is where we are meant to be to secrete all of the digestive fluids that we need to break down proteins, carbs, fats, etc. So my ritual, if you don't like to say a prayer before a meal, what you can do is just take 
eight deep breaths. I really believe that it takes eight deep breaths to fully get the body into parasympathetic mode. Um, and once you are there, your body naturally is signaled to secrete your stomach acid, which signals your pancreas to release your digestive enzymes, which also encourages the release of bile, which will emulsify your fats. And that itself, these breaths, like you said, breath work, that's the best digestive supplement in the world. Mm, yeah, it's so powerful too. And I think we we forget how powerful it is because most of us have forgotten how to breathe. You know, we're just breathing up here in our chest and we're like, wait, but this is actually causing me more anxiety and more stress. And it's like, no, bring it all the way down to your belly. Like feel your breath where where your food will be too. And allow your breath to fill up the entire chamber of your lungs or both chambers of your lungs. Um, I think that that we forget that. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because really, like you said, like eight breaths can completely affect and change your emotional state and your physical state. And I just think that that is the coolest thing ever because it's free. You don't have to do anything besides take a moment. And I think that that taking moment is is the hardest part. Yeah. The best medicine is free medicine. Like I said, all of these things that we have access to, stretching, calling a friend, that is so much more powerful than anything you're ever going to be sold. Yeah, I completely agree. And I love just how you have really empowered through your platform and through your podcast and through everything that you create this um, recognition that food is medicine because it can be. And I think that um, in so many ways, we've forgotten how healing food can be and a meal can be as far as not only for our bodies and healing, but also community and connection. And so um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing all of your wisdom and your gifts. For everyone that's listening, where can we find you? Where can we um, continue to stay in touch with you and learn more about everything that you're doing? Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, you guys can find me at organicolivia.com. That is where I have all of my blog posts from the last like six plus years. And I have my products, my formulas. Um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram. It's at organic underscore Olivia. And then lastly, I have a podcast called What's the Juice? <laughs> where I try to extract the juice from all of these uh, interesting health topics, both mental and physical. Amazing. Thank you again for coming on. Of course. <laughs>